Hey, it's Tuesday. The new episode of Two Degrees Hotter's out. It's my favorite Gen Z lifestyle and self-development podcast. I'm on my way over. Let's listen to the latest episode. Welcome to the Two Degrees Hotter podcast. Hello. (laughs) I feel like that's the most formal introduction (laughs) to an episode that we've ever done in our lives. Listen, I'm just trying to welcome the people. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Welcome. Thanks for stumbling upon our show uh, or coming back to our show if you're a regular hottie, as as we call y'all. Mm-hmm. I'm Anya. And I'm Kylie. And we have an ironic episode uh, for you guys, and I'll get into it a little bit in my weekend review, but we're going to be talking about how to handle change. And the spoiler is that I am currently not handling change uh, well at all. So this is... I'm just as much the student as I am the teacher today. So this is going to be an interesting episode. I will say like we we did have this topic planned. I would say like relatively prior to like when everything hit the fan for you though. So that's kind of interesting. Oh yeah. Like yeah. we didn't pick it because of your life circumstance yeah. right now. So that's yeah. kind of like so, a weird coincidence. So clearly past Kylie thought that she was good enough at handling change. <laughs> educate the masses but i'm here to tell you that that's not true (laughs) uh but hey if you're also struggling with change i'm in the trenches with you i guess yeah and change is just like synonymous with your 20s so yeah pretty much i'm sure everyone listening right now can think of one aspect of that's recently changed in their life whether they moved or it's a job or a relationship or a friendship like your 20s do be unstable and we're going to be talking about ways to tools to use to like best handle it and kind of get through it and see it in a more positive light. So yes, stick around for the main topic of today's episode. We'll have the timestamp if you just want to skip to the content. But before we do that, we're going to start with our week in review and you should stick around. You really should. I can't, yeah. I can't force you in any way, but I would really like for you to stick around. So please do. All right, so for my week in review, the main thing of note is that I went on my little solo trip this past yes. weekend. I should have like gathered my thoughts more <laughs> prior to sitting down <laughs> to record this. Um, I went to Asheville, North Carolina, if anyone is familiar. Um, and the reason I picked it was someone asked me while I was there, like they were like, what are you doing like in Asheville? And I said, direct flights and boredom. Um, <laughs> and I stand by that. Because I literally did the like Google flights where you put in your origin airport, but like not a destination mm-hmm. and just like looked through like what the direct flight options were. And Asheville was like less than 150 bucks when I booked it. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And I've always been yeah. curious. I've always heard good things. So yeah. it's in, if you're not familiar, it's like in Western North Carolina. Um, it's right near like the Blue Ridge Mountains. So it's pretty like woodsy. It's not a hugely populated place at all. Like I think there's like 100,000 people in Asheville. And then they get like over, they get like several million visitors a year though, because it's like a big gateway to like the Blue Ridge Mountains and there's all sorts of outdoorsy things to do. Um, So yeah, I got there Friday morning. I left Monday morning um, and it was, it was very cute. It's interesting because um, a lot of the infrastructure there 
has developed as a result of the um, Vanderbilt family. So um, George Vanderbilt built his summer home there. It's called the Biltmore. I went to visit it. It's literally like Versailles, like <laughs> legit. Like it's God. like they have like 8,000 acres and it's literally a 160,000 square foot house or something like that. Like it's insane. It's it's the biggest house in America, like, like facts. Um, they have that claim. Um, and so because he built his house there, he brought in like all of these crazy architects and like landscape designers from like around the world to build his house. And a lot of them, they call it like the Asheville curse. Like a lot of them just like never left <laughs> for whatever reason. Like they liked it. They settled down there, whatever. So um, a lot of the like buildings just around town and stuff are done by like super remarkable architects and stuff. So for like such a random, you know, small city, like in the South, it's kind of like unique in that way. So like, yeah. For example, there's a church that's like in the downtown that was constructed by the same person that did like the Boston Public Library and um, the gardens at the Biltmore were done by the same person that did uh, Central Park and like that kind of stuff. So it's like pretty crazy. Um, so they have really good like architecture if you're into that, a lot of like Art Deco stuff because that was kind of like the era. Um, but yeah, so I think the main my, – my favorite thing that I did – was um, I did like a spa afternoon, which I've always wanted to do this. Like literally since I was a child, <laughs> I'd like look up like spa packages. Like when I was like 12 years old, I like remember doing this because um, I like wanted to always do it for like my birthday or something and just like never panned yeah. out. And I was like, I'm doing it. So I went to this place called um, Shoji Spa, if you're in North Carolina. Um, and it's like a traditional Japanese spa and it's at like 4,500 feet. So it's like pretty elevated. Um and I did an afternoon like soak in the hot tub for an hour. They have like these beautiful private hot tubs like in the woods outside. And it actually started like light, lightly thundering while I was in there. And it was like such a vibe. It wasn't like dangerous, but it was like, yeah, like, you know, like in the distance kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I got an hour long massage and I ended up upgrading it to deep tissue, which I've never done a deep tissue massage before. Um, and it, I really liked it. Like, I feel like almost a... Swedish massage is more for like your mind and like your like mental relaxation. And I feel like a deep tissue massage is more for your like body and like your muscles to benefit from. Um, It was like, it was like rough, but it wasn't like pain too painful. Like the only part that was actually painful was my IT band, which she did tell me I have one of the tightest IT bands she's ever seen. (laughs) I was like, Oh, great. She was like, you should do pigeon multiple times a day. Literally said that to me. I was like, okay. Please. So uh, awesome. Um, but yeah, that was definitely the highlight. And the whole time I was kind of just chipping away at my book. I brought Mad Honey. I'm almost done. I have like literally 7% of the book left or something. So I'll talk about that probably next week. And yeah, it was great. I think I really liked the whole solo weekend thing. So if you're considering, yeah. I, I recommend it. It was like a good amount of time, like I was never like super bored with being by myself. I think maybe if it was like a longer trip, I would have like started to hit that point. But I did like tried to do like social stuff. I did like walking tours and like uh, went to like restaurants and stuff and just like read my book. So um, that was fun. I think maybe next time I would pick somewhere a little more walkable. I think I was a little bit like naive city girl with Asheville because I was mapping stuff out and like all the things I wanted to do were like in theory, like a 20, 25 minute walk away from each other. And I was like, oh, easy. I walked 25 minutes like everywhere, like fine, great, like here in Boston. And then I realized like, yes, you could walk it, but like you might not want to like yeah, infrastructure wise, like sidewalks aren't as much a thing. And 
also like there's it's very mountainous city so like it would be like kind of insane some of the routes and also i i interesting thing is i feel like a lot of the locals like were really warning me about like safety i felt like perfectly safe the whole time i thought everyone was like really nice i had like multiple people multiple like uber drivers like give me their number in case anything happened and i was like i literally feel fine i'm like am i just naive or are you people just like really not trusting um so i feel like that's almost like an interesting like I don't want to say like Northern versus Southern or like city versus rural dynamic. Like I don't want to generalize, but I almost feel like there's something to that. Like I almost feel like the more rural you are, like the less it's weird. Cause it's like, they almost have to lean on each other more as like a community, but they also like, I don't know. I don't know. It was interesting. Or Um, if it's just like, like in a more, again, not to generalize, but in like a more rural setting, like, I don't know. I feel like in, a city you like hear a bad thing happens and it's kind of like oh, just another day living in a city like you kind of accept that as like a part of it I guess mm-hmm. um whereas maybe it's like a bit more shocking when something bad happens in like a smaller yeah rural town that like makes people more hesitant and um cautious I don't know yeah very interesting yeah it was interesting but yeah that's kind of my my spiel my travel to and from was very straightforward the only thing that was kind of weird was I flew Allegiant. I don't know if anyone knows it. It's like a very budget airline. I've flown it to Sarasota before in Florida because like I think they fly mainly like to small airports and like from small airports. Yeah. Um, and this airport was small. I think there were only seven gates. <laughs> so um, but it was kind of weird because like I got a notification like two hours before the flight that my seat changed and I was kind of like, okay. Um, but then what happened was like my the ticket that I had already loaded to my like wallet because I did the mobile pass didn't update to the app one and I think that happened to like a lot of people and so like everyone I think they ended up basically like having a different plane than they expected like a different configuration Mm -hmm. and so they switched everyone's uh seats but like not everyone actually got the update or whatever like it was just super confusing so like everyone was like sitting in the wrong seat or like you would sit be you'd be sitting in your seat and someone would be like that's my seat and then you'd be like what so it's just like we we got delayed like forty minutes because it's like we no one know where to sit. Like I was like, yeah, it's just like oh my find God. an open seat. Like it's like an hour yeah. and a half flight. Like I was like, please. Um, so that's kind of ridiculous. But other than that, um, yeah. So I would definitely do it again. I would maybe pick somewhere more actually walkable, like more of like a city vibe. But it was yeah. very relaxing. And a fun fact yeah. is that they filmed a lot of the Hunger Games, the first Hunger Games in that area. Yes. So I uh, saw a deer at the spa that I went to and I was like oh my god I'm literally Katniss right now so <laughs> please <laughs> well Katniss is like I would give my left limb to be able to go to a spa <laughs> she's leading a revolution um the spa did look incredible though when you told me that you were going to a spa I was just like oh yeah like she'll sit in a sauna and get a massage mm-hmm. and that'll be great and then Anya posted on TikTok and it's like this beautiful like outdoor woods jacuzzi I was like oh Okay, we balled out on this this spa, spa, trip. spa. It wasn't yeah. that expensive though. Like, you can book just the hot tub portion, and I want to say like an hour is under a hundred dollars. So huh. yeah, I like my package with the massage was like two hundred something. That's not bad, especially for a deep tissue massage. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, it was pretty reasonable. Nice. The Boston dollars go far in it's North so Carolina. True. So, um, and then my other thing is a little. Tangential, so I'll just talk about it next week. I've been talking for a while, so over to you. <laughs> uh, well, I don't have much to talk about. <laughs> um, I am having a tough week, if I'm being honest, and I don't really want to get into the details of it because it's 
it involves other people in part and just is a little like too personal, I think, to put mm-hmm. on the internet. And I want to be respectful of other people's privacy and whatnot. Um, but I would say that I'm just sort of in a phase of life or a period of life where I'm just feeling a little like unsettled. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I talked a little bit about this last week with like just feeling very scattered out of my routine like I haven't had a chance to like catch my breath like that sort of logic and I think that's all still pretty true and it's just starting to uh wear Mm -hmm. on me and my mental health so I'm hopeful that (laughs) I said this last week but I'm hopeful that it's that the worst has come um but yeah, I've just had one of those weeks. I it's the funniest thing is I woke up on Monday with like that like horrible like anxiety mm-hmm. tummy ache. Like you know when you just like wake up and you're like I am so anxious. I feel like I'm going to throw up and you don't even really know why. Yeah. And that's kind of like what happened to me was I woke up and I was like why do I feel this anxious? Like I didn't have anything like crazy going on at work like Yes, I had, like, just moved and stuff, but, like, from a personal life standpoint, like, there was nothing at that time to, like, really be super anxious about. Um, But I just felt so, like, unsettled and anxious. Mm -hmm. And I was saying to my dad, because I'm in New Hampshire, that's how you know a girl's going through it when she (laughs) retreats back to to the woods to (laughs) rural home. (laughs) Uh, But... I was saying to my dad that I felt like, you know, Monday of this week, this is, we're recording this on a Thursday for context, but Monday of this week was like just me feeling like so anxious and being like, what is going on right now? And then like the rest of the week has just been like picking apart a Russian nesting doll of like, well, here's why you're anxious and here's another Mm -hmm. thing to make you more anxious and here's one more thing. And I just got to the point where I was like, you know, it's, it's enough slices. Please stop. (laughs) (laughs) Um. But yeah, I honestly, truthfully, like once I was like with family and came home where like, I don't know, it's out, I'm trying to figure out how to like word it, but just in a place of like familiarity and like mm-hmm. ease, I guess, um, I've felt a bit more calm and I've, you know, we're figuring it out. We're getting through it. We will get through it. It's going to be fine. But sometimes life just gets a little tough um Mm -hmm. but yeah that's all i got that's why if i sound kind of (laughs) somber in this episode i'm not i'm not trying to be a buzzkill (laughs) but for the record i did offer to reschedule recording and kylie wanted to rally so she's here for the pod um i have more personality than i thought i was going to be honestly i thought i was gonna get on the zoom for us to record and just be like hey guys (laughs) (laughs) um we did already like Kylie and I have already texted at length about this, so yeah. I'm not sitting here being like, ah, ha, 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 like unsupportive friend. <laughs> yeah. We've already talked about it. Um, but what was I going to say? Oh, I think in general, it's interesting because I do feel like if I'm looking at the past few times that you've moved, it's always been like kind of difficult. And so I feel like your environment has like a lot of impact on just like your general mental state and everything. And any like extra stuff that maybe like would regularly not be the hugest deal is just like, um, what's the word? Increased in, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Like when something is made made bigger, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like magnified almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. No, I completely agree. My environment really affects me and I feel like I need to have like a place that like a – what's like the word I'm looking for? Like a safety mm-hmm. place, like somewhere where I can go and feel like at ease, like safe. And I that makes it sound like my current living situation is unsafe. That's not what I mean, but like – Safe in the sense of, like, a place of, like, peace and calm and as anyone that's moved will know, like, it takes a while to get to that place um, in a new home, in a new apartment, in a new environment. And I think, yeah, to your point, it's, like, I need to give myself that time to, like, properly settle because that's just how it works. And also, I just think that there's been a few other, like, curveballs Mm-hmm. thrown my way that because I'm already like a little on edge I um it's just like affecting me yeah more than it would if you know yeah I was at the point where I felt settled and good uh but yeah at the point where I feel like settled and good and I know that like will come like I'm not in a bad living situation by any means it's just navigating a new living situation and that that comes with time so it'll it'll be fine eventually like I know that um just a matter of getting to fine that's proving to be mm-hmm. more difficult than you know I anticipated would you call it a uh change that you're learning how to handle <laughs> you know I would <laughs> I would and it's like just a lot of change at once like a change in environment somewhat of a, like a change in routine mm-hmm. which like um Anya and I have like talked about at length but there's like yeah that like routine aspect of it um a little bit of uncertainty when it comes to like the future with some things like just all of it it's like I what did I say to you where I was like it just feels like everything's slipping away and I don't don't know how this (laughs) happened yeah Um, it was like one of those feelings but I don't think as many things are slipping away as I thought, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. But it can be tough to feel like it, – it's weird when, like, things that have been a constant in your life for a while start to, like, evolve and grow with you, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be – it is a change, It's and it can be tough to navigate um, if you're, like, used to things being one way. But Certified anyways. change. Yeah. Um. Well, thanks for – rallying and keeping it real i'm not i'm sure you're not the only one in this podcast fam that's having a tough week so if you're out there (laughs) maybe you guys can dm (laughs) can you imagine we get messages i actually had a great week (laughs) the week that you guys recorded this i'm like awesome good for you guys no honestly i hope you all are having a good week um this isn't that fun uh I will also say, too, I'm in a squeaky chair. I don't know if you guys can hear it. So in case you can, I'll know when I'm editing this episode whether or not you guys can hear it. But like I said, I'm at my parents' place. So I'm in a squeaky old desk chair. So my apologies uh, Mm. if you can hear her throughout the episode. I heard a little bit. I wasn't sure what it was. But yeah, it like whenever I talk because I like move when I talk. Yeah, I I heard it then. Yeah. Gives a little squeak. So that's the chair has something to say too sometimes, you know? All right, let's move on to our favorite. So I've got a shoe favorite, which is kind of unlike me. If you know me, I don't really like 
shoe shopping. I don't really, I'm not that into shoes. Like as a, I'm into clothes in general, Mm -hmm. but like when it, for some reason, I'm just like never in the mood to buy shoes. Like I just, I'll have like a few pairs that I just like completely wear out and I'm not one to have like a big shoe collection. I don't know what it is about. I just, I find the whole thing not my, not my favorite, but yeah. I found a pair of shoes that I really liked. I saw them for the first time in someone's like OOTD on TikTok. And I actually did a really good job of like the uh, wait and see if you still want it rule. Mm -hmm. I probably waited like six weeks before I actually went and bought it. And I was like still thinking about them. So that's when you know. And they're called – they're by Rothy's if you guys know that brand. Um, And they're called the Mary Janes, but there are two types. So I think the – yeah, the type that I got are the pointed toe ones. They also have a square toe one, uh, but the square toe is a wait list. Um, so you can only buy the pointed toe ones right now. And those were the ones that I wanted anyway. I sent you both links and I was like, what do you think? And then um, I also sent my mom and a few other people both. And everyone vo- voted the pointed. So yeah, I went for the they're pointed. Um, yeah, so they're really cute. They're just like simple black flats, obviously with a pointed toe. And then there's like a strap across your ankle, which I feel like makes it unique. Um, and I got them mostly for work just because like – I have to wear closed-toed shoes at my job, fun fact. Yeah. Uh, I work in like – there's like a lab on site, so it's like a safety thing. Um, so I've always just worn like nicer sneakers, but I kind of wanted like a, a shoe that I could wear for like nicer events that wasn't like a booty because I kind of felt like any time we had to like dress up, I would just wear like a booty. So anyways, I wanted like another option, especially for the summer. And yeah. I really like them for work and also just for like life. Like I think they'll be cute to kind of elevate – any more like simple outfit. I could see them being really cute on like vacation and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I really like them and I wore them all day yesterday and I walked a lot. I even walked from work to the studio, which was like a mile probably. And they're like so comfortable. Um, I did have to size up more than I normally would. They recommended it for the pointed toe like version. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up, I'm normally like a seven and a half or an eight and I actually ended up getting an eight and a half and I'm glad uh-huh. I did. Cause I feel like that was the right call for me so if you're going to order online maybe consider like half a size up if you're doing the pointed version um but yeah the pointed version is also a little different than the square version you'll see if you look at them on the website the like strap across the top is thicker anyways i'll stop talking Mm -hmm. now but rothy's is a really like sustainable brand and it's cool because you can machine wash them so they're gonna last like forever so i'm excited about that yeah yeah i'm honestly i'm tempted because i think to your point they could be like a really nice like travel shoe like yeah because they're so like when, flat they fold down to they're nothing. so flat and they're like comfortable so you can like i'm thinking like you know when when we tr- go to europe because we have a habit of doing things <laughs> um like when you're walking around like i feel like i always end up defaulting to like a sneaker of some sort even mm-hmm. if like mentally i wouldn't necessarily pair a sneaker with that outfit so i feel like they could be a good like walking shoe alternative that's a bit more um like girly, I guess. Yeah. For like no, they're girly. really, they're really a slight. And um, Rothy's just has a ton of cute flats in general. So if the like the Mary yeah. Jane with like the strap across the ankle isn't your thing, they literally have like so many options and colors and stuff. So if you need like a yeah. new work shoe or just like yeah, like a more elevated life shoe, I definitely recommend. They're a little pricey, but like I said, they're gonna last like forever. You can wash them. Yeah. And they have really good return policy and stuff. So nice. Uh, for my favorite, this is also a nice sign that I'm uh, having a bit of a Menti B. Uh, my Menti B starter pack is retreat <laughs> to New Hampshire and buy logic puzzles on Amazon. Uh, that's what I did. I'll let you know how it works. But I somehow, I don't know how, 
ended up on Canoodle TikTok. Are you familiar at all? No, I had to look it up when I saw it in the script. So what? it's basically like a puzzle logic game where it's like a little black rectangle and you have all these colored pieces and there's like different puzzles where you have to figure out how to make all the pieces fit together in the square with like no gaps and whatnot. And somehow, I don't know how, I ended up on the side of TikTok where like people would take two of the pieces put it in shake it up and then whenever they wherever they landed they would try to solve the puzzle from there so fit all Mm. the remaining pieces in without leaving any gaps and i was just like a moth to the flame watching these videos (laughs) they were thrilling to me to watch them and i found myself just like trying to solve them like as they were doing it I, i it was just the best thing since sliced bread to me and I ended up uh, in the midst of my MentDB being like, you know, this might be a nice uh, hands-on thing to sort of like mm-hmm. get me out of my own head, out of my own body. Um, so my canoodle came in literally this morning and it's kind of the greatest thing to ever happen to me. I literally was crying on the phone with my mom this morning, just doing the canoodling as I was talking to her about like everything that was going on. Um, and it's such a sleigh. And honestly, it's harder than I thought it was going to be. Like I've solved mm. most of the puzzles that I've tried, but there's been a couple where I got to the point where I was like, you know, I think if I keep trying to solve it, I'm actually going to make the anxiety worse. So we're just going <laughs> to we're just going to say this one isn't in the cards right now. We'll try mm-hmm. her again a, a different time. So, yeah, if you're into like I I'm one of those like weird people that like loves a Sudoku, like Ugh. I like a logic. Yeah. A logic game. Um and if you have anxiety, I actually do think it could be a really good like grounding tool to like, I don't know. I like was saying to my friend Meg who works in mental health that I've just been having some anxiety where like everything feels a little too big and too hard. Like any like reasonable distraction that I came up with, I was just like, it just feels like, too big and too hard mm-hmm. to do right now. Like I can't muster the energy to do it. Um, but this obviously is like very simple because I would just like leave it on my bedside table and then reach over from my bed and grab it and shake two pieces in and then go from there. So I feel like it could work like whenever you feel that like overwhelming, like paralyzed anxiety feeling that's awful. (laughs) Throw baby pink and magenta in your canoodle, shake it up and good luck. Solve the puzzle. (laughs) Listen, so glad you found a tool that's helpful for you. <laughs> this literally sounds like my worst possible nightmare. I hate I this kind of thing. Um, so maybe I'll try it sometime and see if it, you can change my mind. But yeah, I'm like the way you enjoy puzzles and Sudoku's and all of that stuff. It's literally like m- my least favorite thing to do. <laughs> my brain see, just like weird. does not work in that way. And maybe yeah. like it would be good for me to work on that and like make it work in that way. But like I cannot. <laughs> yeah. See, the interesting is, is I don't like jigsaw puzzles, like, at all. That's my worst nightmares. Is a jigsaw puzzle jigsaw? just a normal puzzle? Yeah, yeah. Okay, like yeah, a yeah. stereotypical puzzle. Yeah. I also don't like uh, those. Because in a way, this, like, canoodles are, like, a puzzle where you're trying to make pieces fit together. To, it's like, like a 3D puzzle. Yeah. It's like yeah. Tetris, kind of, right? Yeah. But it's, I think there's, I don't know, less than 10 pieces in a canoodle, so it just feels a lot more... um approachable 
in that mm-hmm. sense. Whereas when, like the people that are like, I got a thousand piece no. puzzle. I'm like, Immediately I would rather no. kill over dead than work on a puzzle for days. Yeah. Let alone weeks. No. no. N- absolutely not. My short attention span, give me 10 pieces and I'll solve from there. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to take a quick ad break and then we'll be back to hit our main episode topic on change. As you all know, we're both trying to work towards our wellness goals this year, and that's why we're excited to introduce Liquid IV as the sponsor of this episode. Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. In just one stick, you can get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. Use it first thing in the morning, before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out, and on long flights. We actually used Liquid IV when we were traveling in Europe last year, and it definitely helped us recover after some long nights out. Plus, it was super convenient packaging to keep in our suitcases and in our purses throughout the day. My personal favorite flavor is watermelon, but I'm excited to try the new strawberry lemonade flavor too. Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. Liquid IV partners with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code TDH at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code TDH at liquidiv.com. All right, we're back and we're going to talk about how to handle change. Is change in French changement? (laughs) Immediately by. (laughs) Isn't it? I think so. That nice. sense. <laughs> Please. All right. Let's talk about changement. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Anya sort of teed this up at the beginning of the episode, but change in your 20s might as well be synonymous. I feel like your 20s are a huge just time of change and growth and redirection and all of that. Like every coming of age story talks about, you know, how uh, – how much you change from the time that you turn 20 to the time that you end up entering your 30s. And change in your 20s can be both exciting and it can be challenging. Um, And it's a time of significant personal and professional growth. Uh, So, you know, you're seeing a lot of changes in your personal life, but you're also exploring career avenues. You're getting like your first promotions, your first raises, maybe changing jobs for the first time. Like there's just a lot that happens in your 20s as you try to figure out who you are, who you want to be, and what you want your life to look like um, in the coming decades. Uh, In fact, there's even that book, The Defining Decade, Mm. all about this very topic in your 20s, which I own and have not read. So I'll read it and I'll get back to you guys. But people tend to cope with change in one of two ways. I'm like, I'm doing both currently, in case you were wondering. Uh, Escape coping and control coping. Uh, And in reality, most of us respond to major change with a mixture of escape and control coping. So I love being just like everyone else. Um, (laughs) I literally said, run away until you can figure out what you can control and then come back and control it. Uh, So if you're like me and doing that, slay. Good for you. You're doing exactly what the psychologist thought you were going to do. Yep. You're predictable. Yeah. You're human. Honestly, um, the peace that that gives me. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm normal. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like going back to what you were saying about, you know, change in your 20s and whatnot, I think 
don't let yourself don't forget the fact that like you're adulting for the first time and like I know I kind of hate the word adulting because it's like so painfully millennial and like juggy but like it's true you know like yeah for at least people that went to college it's like you're still in your first couple of years of like truly being on your own and on your own path and your own schedule and all this stuff so like give yourself a little grace that you're like navigating that along with all the like daily stressors that you're doing because like yeah even though it feels like a long time ago for us at this point, like it really hasn't been that long in like the grand scheme of life no. that we've been like working on this whole thing. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, let's talk about, you mentioned escape coping and control coping. Let's talk about what that actually means, shall we? So escape coping, escape, um, <laughs> is based on avoidance. Boo. Play. <laughs> oh, boo. <laughs> um, so... Think of like times that you've taken deliberate actions to avoid the difficulties of a change, right? So for instance, you might, you know, deliberately miss training for a new work process, or you might avoid looking for a new apartment on Zillow, even though you know your lease is coming to an end, like that kind of thing, where it just kind of feels like, you know, this is something you have to do, you know, it's something you're gonna have to deal with, but it's like, you feel kind of paralyzed to actually move forward and like cope with it. That's version one. Version two is control coping. So this is generally a little more positive, a little more proactive, um, but it kind of, you know, brings you out of that like victim mentality of change. And instead you work on managing your feelings, getting support and doing whatever you can to be like part of the change instead of like working against it. And, you know, like Kylie said earlier, like in reality, I don't think anyone is a perfect example of like control coping. Like unless you're like Buddha or something like that. Most people are kind of approach a situation with like a combination of escape coping and control coping. Um, But, you know, just some food for thought. Think about what kind of, what kind of coper are you? Yeah. I literally (laughs) verbatim, (laughs) I verbatim today texted my friend Meg and was like, I just want to drop all my responsibilities and run into the woods. And she said something to the effect of that's totally fine as long as you're doing it from a place of like calming and healing and not avoidance and running from your problems and I was like Meg I'm avoiding and running from my problems so that I can find some calming and healing (laughs) (laughs) I'm like I have to do one to do the other and she's like "Mm, no because when you come back the problem will still be there and I was like that doesn't sound like a problem for her and Kylie at all (laughs) right now um but yeah it's definitely no one's perfect um I think it's okay to feel those feelings of like initially wanting to avoid. And I think honestly, sometimes you do need to like take a step back to gain a little bit of clarity and calm Mm -hmm. before like actually taking control. So I don't even necessarily, I wouldn't even like call one healthier than the other. It's all about balance and making sure that you actually address whatever the change is and what anxiety that change is bringing you um, to find some peace. But in order to do that, you need some coping strategies. You need ways to make change a bit easier. So that's what we'll get into now. And I'll kick us off with planning ahead if you can. I feel like obviously this is very circumstantial. Sometimes you're mm-hmm. hit with change without any uh, warning or you know ability to plan. So that that can be a bit different and a bit harder to think on your feet. But if you do know that change is on the horizon, do some prep work. Um, so that, you know, you have a little bit less stress because you have a contingency plan in place to work off of. And that, that will look different to, to everyone, like in the, you know, 
your lease is coming to an end, that prep work does look like looking for apartments, setting a budget, um, writing a list of your your needs and your likes to have. Like it doesn't need to be signing the lease, but it could be just like that small action of like in my next apartment, I need a dishwasher and would like to have in unit laundry. Like that mm-hmm. that is, you know, starting to, you know, move in a positive direction towards the change that might be coming. Um, mm-hmm. So I definitely don't think it needs to, you don't need to have this grand master plan um, to work with, but start small and see what you can accomplish and get laid out before that change comes. Yeah, definitely. And like just knowing that even if whatever action you did take seems like relatively small in the grand scheme of things, every like mental burden you can take off of yourself when you're actually going through the change will just make things like so much easier to deal with and cope with. So yeah, um, you know, whether it's buying boxes because you know you're going to have to pack up in a month from now or, um, you know, maybe you got a new job and you know that it's going to be a different dress code than your current job. Like, you know, saving some, some outfits to your favorites or whatever. Like it's all just kind of like small things that you can do with, you know, with what you said being true. And sometimes, you know, you don't expect your car to like get hit or something like that. But um, (laughs) when you have a heads up, take advantage of it and know that it'll make future you's life easier. Like, be considerate of current you and your mental state, but also try to consider future you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the next tip is to try your best to stay in a routine and maintain normalcy, especially if you're like going through a change. It can feel, you know, like Kylie was alluding to earlier, like just a lot of things are kind of out of your control and your routine is hopefully, I mean, I'm sure this is also circumstantial, but hopefully one of the things that is within your you know, ability to have some control over. So even if it's small, search for something stable that you can focus on, find something familiar. um, And this grounding point will really help guide you in unfamiliar moments and feelings. So think of like the daily habits that you like or rewatching a television, television, my TV, television, television uh, series you love. I'm actually doing that right now. I'm rewatching Gossip Girl for probably the 12th time, like literally. Yeah. But the funny thing is I, I remember nothing every single time. It's all new. <laughs> like I'm like, I, I have retained absolutely no plot in like all the times I've watched it. Like even Grant came in and he was like, Oh, is this before or after like this person? And I was like, who? Like, I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so yeah, that's an example. Um, eating your favorite comfort food. That's actually huge. Or like even just smelling like a scent from like, I don't know, your my mom's perfume, for example, like sticks out to me so much. So like even just having like those little familiarity things around yeah. to help ease the stress during a transition um, will be a great way to make yourself feel happier, improve your overall mood. Um, so yeah, just try to maintain some sense of normalcy and what you did before whatever transition occurred. Yeah. Yeah. And then on a similar note, just like really leaning into – like stereotypical self-care, which I think can look like, you know, rewatching TV shows, indulging in your comfort food, like all of that, I think also buckets under self-care, but it could also look at or look like uh, journaling frequently mm-hmm. about your thoughts and how you feel about the change that you're going through, uh, planning a solo date for yourself, carving out that time to just spend time with yourself and and do the things that you've been wanting to do and haven't had the chance to because you're dealing with this change, whatever it may be, um, or even going to therapy. I think therapy is a great tool when you're going through a lot of change and can't necessarily figure out how 
best to navigate it or feel really overwhelmed um, at how to now navigate it. I think, you know, having someone unbiased and unpartial in your life to act as a sounding board can be really helpful. Definitely. And um, I'm glad you mentioned the solo date thing, because I was actually going to say that in the Week in Review earlier, that I feel like it made me want to go on more solo dates just in general. And it's like, I do spend a lot of time by myself, not in like a sad way, (laughs) but I just, I do. (laughs) Like, I don't, I never have minded doing things alone. Yeah. Um, But it made me like feel more empowered to like go to a restaurant by myself or like just like I went to like a wine bar by myself and just got like a glass of wine and read my book. And it's like, I was like, why don't I do this at home? Like if I have no plans, I could so easily just like do this. So Yeah. yeah, lean into that, plan something nice for yourself treat yourself, all those things. The next tip, I thought this was interesting, is to get ahead of uncertainty bias. So uh, according to, you know, psychologists and all those people that are smart and researching the humans Mm -hmm. and the brain and emotions and all that, um, they say when a major life change happens, your brain is wired to automatically see it as negative, even if it's not. So I definitely have seen that like play out Um, and that can increase, you know, your decision-making process that can, or that can influence your decision-making process that can increase feelings of anxiety and depression. And so I guess just like the next few tips are all going to be around kind of reframing whatever change you're facing in no more positive light. Like obviously take that with a grain of salt. If like you're grieving or something like that, like obviously this is not (laughs) applicable to you. Um, But if you're going through more of like a life transition, like a new job, a new school, a new living situation, like the next few tips are kind of all going to revolve around how to try to see the the positives in the situation. Yeah. Um, And the first thing is you got to get ahead of that uncertainty bias. Like, yeah, just because, you know, maybe you got laid off and you're you're picking up a new role. That new role isn't inherently like less worse. Yeah. yeah, Like it's not inherently worse than your last role. It could even be better. Like what if it's better? Let's think about that. (laughs) So yeah, um, we'll, we'll, I'll transition over to you, you know, for that point. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so the next tip is recognizing that even positive change can cause stress, which I feel like is what I need to hear right now, especially, like I said, I was talking a little bit about moving and that being a net positive change in my life, um, that is still causing me a bit of stress and taking a bit of time to really settle into. Um, But sometimes when people go through a positive life change, like graduating or moving, um, they can still feel a great deal of stress and even dread at the circumstance um, or at the change. And so it's important to keep in mind that like, even though it is a net positive, like we have that uncertainty bias and change is just like automatically going to be stressful um, in your brain. That's just how you're wired to be. Yeah, so it's important to keep that in mind that positive change can create stress just like not so positive change can. Sometimes I think our brains, they're as smart and as complex as they are. They're not smart enough to, you know, sift through how your emotions should be um, Mm -hmm. when it comes to positive or not so positive change. Uh, And stress is just your body's way of reacting to that change. And it's okay to feel that stress. Um, Even when something good has happened, it's normal. uh, And it's just about working through that and recognizing the positives and recognizing what you can do to alleviate that stress and sort of get yourself on the other side of that change so you can actually uh, reap the benefits of whatever that positive change is. Mm -hmm. And on that note, um, I saw that, you know, a really helpful tip to kind of support this mindset shift of like knowing this is a net positive, even though I'm feeling 
you know, feelings of anxiety and like transition is to just try to write write down the positives that have come from the change. So maybe due to a change in your life, you've met new people that you wouldn't have otherwise met, or you started waking up earlier, practicing healthier habits, you became more politically active, maybe you became more assertive and like fought for yourself a little more. Um, or maybe it helped you prioritize like what's most important in life. I feel like that's a big one. Like whenever people are dealing with a really stressful situation, they're always reminded of like what's really important in life. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, change presents us with the opportunity to grow and it's important to acknowledge how things might have become better as a result of your situation, even if it's like hard to see on the surface, just like, you know, taking some time to like journal about it and just like really Mm -hmm. reflect because I'm sure there's lots of things that um, you maybe didn't even realize have become or have like benefited from from whatever transition you're going through, even if it's hard to see on the surface. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the next tip is to tap into your support system, and I think this is sort of twofold. I think obviously you have your support system of you know your friends, maybe your partner, uh, coworkers, things like that. People who are in sort of a similar life phase as you, I think it can be good to tap into them. Uh, for a sense of like camaraderie and like mm-hmm. we're all going through this together and navigating this together and I think it could help with you know any feelings of like loneliness or isolation that can come from uh, drastic change in your 20s but I also think it's important you know if you are close to a parent or a relative or a mentor who is a bit older than you and has been through this phase of their life um, or something similar to whatever you're going through I think it can be comforting to hear from someone who like is on the other side of that change and has experienced whatever good has come from that change uh, as like sort of a beacon of hope, a light at the end of the tunnel, like so to speak. I don't know. I always find it very helpful when I'm going through a lot of change to both feel not so alone in it when it comes to like commiserating with my friends mm-hmm. and also like look to for me it's it's normally my parents um and their guidance of yeah I went through something similar kind of similar and you know it, it ended up this way or I navigated it this way just to sometimes you just need and even an idea of how you wouldn't handle the change mm-hmm. to like give you what you need to um tackle it from there if that makes sense like no advice is bad advice really because it's either going to give you something that you can use or it's going to be like actually I don't think I would handle it that way under these circumstances I would do Mm -hmm. this instead and then you still have the answer yeah I think moral of the story is like just don't feel like you have to suffer in silence know that like there are people in your life that will listen and even if all you need is to vent about how you're feeling like hopefully you have people that you can go to for that and if you don't you can DM us. I'll listen. So true. We're your people. <laughs> um, and then kind of on a closing note, just like it's always hard in the moment when you're feeling like that pit in your stomach, but just like knowing that whatever whatever the feeling of anxiety is that you're experiencing right now associated with like the change or the transition that you're going through, it won't last forever. Like yeah, things always feel really big in the moment and things really feel overwhelming during the transition period itself. But like every hard change that has happened in your life so far, like you've made it through and you've been okay on the other side and maybe you don't even think about it anymore. So just like know that there will be days like that ahead, even if it does feel really heavy right now, um, it won't last forever. And hopefully you can take comfort in that. Yeah, certainly. I'm like 
here's hoping. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but yeah, that that's the episode. <laughs> I feel like that was pretty zippy. It kind of felt like our old school episodes, like a little more psychology based. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, is it giving what we said, nature versus nurture? Let us know. <laughs> Please. You know if you, if you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's like deep what we said fandom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, hopefully you found this helpful. Like I said, I, I'm in the trenches with you if you're going through a lot of change and uncertainty. Um, so DM me if you need a soldier to be in the trenches with. Um, <laughs> but yeah, hopefully this gave you at least something to sort of bring you some peace and uh, some control over whatever changes you may be going through. If you're still listening, I'll share a little bit of a cringe anecdote from today that you just reminded me of. You just gave some uh, military reference. What was it? In the trenches. Um, I was interviewing someone (laughs) for a role on our team. And um, I was talking about like events, I'm pretty sure, like event planning and stuff like being part of the role. And I used the term like rally the troops, meaning like get the team ready and whatever. Yeah. This man is a veteran. I was oh, like, no. please, why would that happen to me? Literally, it was six years in the Air Force. I was like, I hate myself. Okay, okay, okay. But in your defense, I feel like rally the <laughs> troops is like a pretty common, like colloquial. I hope so. Thing. I've over, like, I've overthought like it a lot. Like, like I feel like I feel like Gen Z culture has like a habit of being like, you're the strongest soldier I know, or like, yeah, yeah, soldiers yeah. off to battle, like in very like ironic like could be could be taken wrong by someone who is a veteran but i feel like rally the troops is like a pretty common okay that makes me feel better but yeah i really i like had his resume open in the other window and then i saw it i was like i was like oh no (laughs) he's like i don't be accepting thank you so much so sorry if i offended you Um, yeah you're like not my intention i swear (laughs) but yeah just to you know throw that in here but that's funny hopefully uh Hopefully you're having a good day, good week, and you know what to do. You can follow us on Instagram. You can submit comments to our anonymous suggestion box. You can DM us with suggestions for episodes if you want, and we'll be back next Tuesday. It's true. Bye, guys.